Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Well, been quite a week, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I want to invite um, both Frank and Brenton Irving, if you'll come on up. I've asked these guys, I, and if, if Erica wants to join them, they can too. Um, we had an amazing time happen, I think, uh, Friday night. So uh, we were scheduled, you know, to do baptism. My, my daughter Sarah is leading worship at Spanish today. And so she had called me. Come on over here, guys. She had called me a couple weeks ago and said, I really feel like we're supposed to go back to Curie Beach to the pavilion there, do a baptism at the beach. And so I said, okay, well, Friday night, you saw the monsoon come, right? <laughs> so we're supposed to get there at four. And by the way, to our team, Jim and uh, Pastor Terry and Daniel, all those that helped set up, Neil. I mean, it takes four hours to set up. Uh, just so you know, it's, there's sweat equity involved in any of the outreach stuff we do. And so to get the sound system right, and, and so they, well, at four o'clock, a little before that, here in Wilmington, I mean, it couldn't have rained. I don't know how much harder it could have rained. So I'm getting all these phone calls. You're going to cancel, right? I said, no, 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 we're not canceling. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so we go down there. It was absolutely gorgeous. The sun broke in, and it wasn't until these guys had packed up, which was at like 10.30 at night, and had headed over the bridge when it, boom, you know, came down again. In fact, to the point, my, I called, I said, I called all three of the guys that were sitting, taking down my, wife, my daughter, and they didn't answer. I'm like, okay. And one of the brakes went out, and it dry. Anyway, long story, but it's just a blessing. Well, while we were there, this is so much a picture of the tribulation and the stuff we go through. The world is full of chaos and tribulation. And when we went, there was, um, I'm going to let these guys share the testimony. I won't steal that. But when we went to baptize, the rip currents were so bad. In fact, I think they made over 50 rescues. Some people drowned. Uh, so it was really wild. So we get there. And it's like, we've never lost anybody we, you know, when we baptize. And, be, I, and the, the, the people that were going, like I said, we'll do our best. And even, you know. Even if you lose it, it's okay, because, you know, you'll be right with the Lord, so. <laughs> not encouraging, but I, I would just, you know, don't be afraid. Fear not. You know, we got you. And so, and we haven't lost. Praise the Lord. I'm not being, praise the Lord. So, we had to step over the rip current. In fact, it was so, I've never seen it ripped like this. It was ripped. We had to step over. It was washing away, and like, woohoo. So, we're only going to go out a little ways. We'll take care of this. Anyway, um, it was incredible, but there's a picture of all the chaos, the rip currents of life, and in the midst of it, they're having to do rescues, they're having to get people up. But here's God using the same situation to bring life and baptism to life. That's the picture. You can struggle. You, there's going to be lightning storms and rain. We're not of this world. And we're not going to do anything foolish, but we're also going to proceed. You should have seen Daniel Christian. We had... Um, we had this gift given to us to help do live streaming in the tent, and the drone came with it. And Daniel's like this kid on Christmas morning, launching the drone. He's like, <laughs> anyway, it's just awesome. So I wanted to notice if Frank noticed what the bulletin was this morning. This was ordered three or four weeks ago, and it's Make Disciples of All Nations, Matthew 28. Oh, wow. 
So I don't know who wants to go first, but why don't you tell us, Frank, what, what was going on and why you wanted to get baptized? Okay. Um, I'm Frank Irvin, uh, Brenton's uncle. Um, hold, it, hold it up tight. Okay. My chin, there you go. Put it go. right on your chin. I don't, okay. I ain't good at this. So. <laughs> um, yeah, my name's Frank Irvin. I'm Brenton's uncle. Um, I've watched him through the years. You know, we hang out. That's my son I never had, and we hang out a lot. And he, uh, I seen what he had, and I seen where he was at, and I seen him lose it, and then I seen him get it back. And I said, you know, I, I want that. Amen. I want that. So, you know, and for about five years ago, I started, you know, going to church and serving the Lord and just doing everything I could. And, but something just wasn't there. And I just, but I kept on, just Britton said, just keep seeking, just keep seeking. I said, well, why does everybody hear him talk? <laughs> come on. They hear him. Yeah. But me. Yeah, come on. And I keep asking the Lord, what's going on? What's, you know, and this has been going on a long time. So Thursday morning, I get up at 4 o'clock every morning. I set my alarm for 4 on my phone. And uh, so all of a sudden, I've in this bad dream, and I'm really wanting this, this arguing going on between this, these girls and this guy, and I'm in the middle of it, and I'm like, you know, I'm deaf in one ear already, and, and I hear good out of this one, and I'm like, and I'm telling them, listen, I can't understand all of y'all, y'all arguing, I can't understand what you're saying. I said, Lord, get me out of here. And all of a sudden, bam, Matthew 28 wakes me up. I've never heard in my life. I'm like, Come on. That Man. Yeah. This is the God's truth. No, yeah. this, I'm like, where did that go? And I jump up. I'm adrenaline's flowing. I'm like, where's my phone? You know, I pull up because I ain't got my glasses on there. And, uh, <laughs> and so I pull my phone up and I'm squinching my eyes trying to get my Bible turned on and, and my phone. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what, what are you telling me, Lord? What are you saying? I'm trying, all the adrenaline's flowing and, 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 the, and, the, and the, uh, finally get it up. And I'm like, well, that's the last. Chapter in 28. That's the last one. So I get it and I play it over and over and over. Mm. And I'm like, Lord, what are you telling me? I need to be baptized? Is that what you're saying? And, I, and of course, I can't call him at 4 o'clock in the morning because he's asleep. <laughs> you know, he's, he's sound asleep. I was like, so I had to wait a few hours and I'm fixing my breakfast and my lunch, getting ready to go to work and everything. And I'm like, uh, and the adrenaline's still flowing, and I'm like, you know, I finally called him, I don't know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whenever it was, I called him, and he said, uh, he didn't answer, and he called me back, and I told him what was going on. I said, do you know what that means? I mean, I feel like, I said, do you know what it means? So he, he says, Unc, let me call you back. Let me call you back. So he called me back. He said, he's talking to you. I said, well, he wants, he said, what do you think he wants? I said, he's talking about baptism. I said, Okay. That's what I thought. I said, we're talking about baptism. So I said, okay. Then Britton says, this is real weird now. He said, ain't weird, but this is what's how, it, how it works. We got baptism tomorrow night. Okay. So I had plans to be, supposed to be go racing and stuff. I says, I had to call my buddies and tell them I'm not going to make it. You know, so I'm going. I said, I, this is more important than they find, they understand. And uh, so we get... We get down, me and Brent talk about it and all, and, and, and we, um, Friday morning I get up and it's thunderstorming at my house, and it's nasty, and I look at the weather, and I said, Brent, is this going to happen? I mean, they're going to call it off, what's going to go on? You know, I'm ready to go, and he's like, 
Unk, the Lord's got this. Just show up. Be at my house at 4 o'clock. And it was gorgeous. Just show up. It was beautiful. And so we get down there, and she hands me out the papers, you know, everything, the scriptures you're going to talk about and everything and all. And she's... And I get to looking on the backside of it about baptism and all. And then I flip it over. And the very first sentence up there was about Matthew 28. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just confirmed it. Just confirmed it. You know, and I love these two here to death. I love them to death. They have been a blessing in my life. Amen. They have. Yeah. Praise God. And we don't want to leave out the most important part is... Have you been baptized before? Never. Never. Wow, never been baptized before. But the baptism he wanted, it was not a confession baptism. It was not a, hey, I just want to get dunked in the water and give my confession. He wanted what I have. And what I have is a helper inside of me that allows me to be like my father. And that's what he wanted. I said, so what you want is fire. You want fire is what you want. Yeah. He's had the confession. He said that's exactly what happened to your face when you got out of the water. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, when I come out of the water, um, you know, and I'm wiping my face and all, and, and, and I'm sitting there, man, I said, man, I've got to get in the shade because I, my face is on fire. That sun is burning me up. And I hadn't been in the sun all day. So I said, wait a minute. I hadn't been in the sun. I've been sitting in the shade all day. So I said, yeah. That's where the fire was at. Yeah. The fire was right there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I felt that. I felt that. Here is your certificate of baptism. Thank you. And uh, did you hear that he said he's deaf in this ear? Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, come on. Let's pray for that right now. We can't. Put your hands on it. Come on. Would you all agree with us right now in Jesus' name? So, Lord, we thank you that uh, there are divine appointments. And when that bulletin was ordered four, three, four weeks ago, Matthew 28, and so, Lord, right now we know that you got Frank, you got him in your heart and in your hands, God. And we thank you that he's hearing the voice of the Lord. Thank you that he had a place to go to. He's got family that can lead him and guide him. Thank you for setting it up, that divine appointment. Thank you for it all, Lord. You'd, you'd stop for the one. And so, Lord, right now, we just speak to any deafness, whatever is at the root of that, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to open up that ear right now in Jesus' name. Lord, release that anointing for healing. Break in, break in, break in, in the name of Jesus. You told us we could lay hands on the sick and they would recover. You said the deaf would hear, the lame would walk, the blind would see, in the name of Jesus. So we thank you right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on. You receive it? You receive it? In the name of Jesus. Well, you just keep on, you just keep on asking. Keep on asking. Sometimes it's right away. We've seen that happen. But sometimes it's progressive. So no longer claim deafness. Lord, I thank you. You're my healer. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your testimony. But I wanted these guys to share also. Tell a little bit about Curtis. Yeah, man, uh, this this guy, they he just got pulled in. <laughs> was Walking it Corey's by. testimony that Walking pulled him by. in the yeah. first time? Yeah. They were playing Corey's testimony, and this guy was he going through some stuff. And we, we got there after. They had already been ministering to him, and, man, it was just amazing. 
he was broken and, and he was drunk. He was he was addicted and 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 he heard us talking about power and this. He's like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "There's a there's a power that God wants to give you in order to please Him and walk holy and be like Him." He said, "I've never heard of this power. I don't I don't know what you're talking about." I said, "Well, you're at the right place. God has brought you in. <laughs> you're here." And man, we got to minister to Him and it, oh my goodness, my heart was just. My heart's been heavy all week because of our brother, John Corey, man. It's just, it's been so heavy. But it's so amazing how God can take a tragic situation and turn it into such a blessing. Yeah. You know, we, what, we, we, what we perceive in reality is, is we can't, what does it say? We cannot live by sight. We have to live by faith. So our sight can get a little little ugly, and it can get a little nasty what we see, but that ain't what we believe. What we see, we know it's true and it is reality, but we know our God is outside of reality. So, and Curtis, Curtis here today? Curtis was supposed to come. We were praying, man. I, I just knew he was going to be here. Yeah, Maybe he'll walk in late. <laughs> Maybe he'll I come walking in. Right yes, we got his certificate. So it was just amazing, man. And then another testimony of a guy in a wheelchair come wheeling up while we were rapping and singing and Gape Tribe was playing and we were, and I said, hey, we want to pray for him. Well, he was running from us. We're chasing him and he's running. He's wheeling away. Mr. Blake, stop. And, uh, and, and I said, can we pray for you? I said, man, God's in the house. When God's in the house, anything can happen. Anything is possible when God's in the house. And he said, you just, just hold on. I said, okay. So he wheels up the gym and up there to the sound booth. And he says, Y'all need to turn this racket down. He said, I couldn't even order a hot dog. He said, I was all the way across the beach, and I couldn't even order my hot dog. And I was standing there. I said, sir, I said, we apologize. He said, and it was you. He said, that, you were the one up there on the stage. He said, man. I said, I said I'm sorry. He said, that's just crazy. I said, well, it got you here, didn't it? He started laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, well, let's, let's pray. I, I, said, I said, we'll turn it down. Jim got on the thing. <laughs> we'll turn it down for you. We'll respect you. And it was just amazing to pray for that man. I'm going after his legs. I want him up. I'm mean, like, God's in the house. Let's do this thing, Holy Spirit. And Megan gets a word for his heart. <laughs> said, your heart needs healing. Not even your body, your heart. And, and that was just an amazing word that God gave Megan, man. And it just rocked him. He said, you're exactly right. It's exactly what I needed. It was just, it's so amazing. Jesus. So God's on the move, y'all. And as a church, we have to unite together. It's not just about us in this building learning from Pastor Tom. It's about us being the church. It's about our presence at Curie Beach, our presence at the hospital, our presence wherever you work at, you are the church. We're supposed to bring this thing everywhere we go, guys. Just let this be a reminder. You know, and just because the world looks bad God's world looks amazing if you're doing God's work it ain't so bad it's bad if you're not working for the man but if you're working for him it's exciting this is the best time to be alive right here right now so I'm gonna let my wife give a quick testimony um I just wanted to share how when we were about to load up the um Daniel had actually played Corey's testimony again and I wasn't expecting him to do that because they had already played it and he started playing it, and his, his voice just, like, attracts. Corey had that voice that would attract people to him. So Daniel was playing the testimony, and we're starting to load up. And this guy comes up, and he looked, like, 
He, he just looked shocked. He went up and he came up and I think Mr. Mr. Neal was, uh, he walked up to him and he was like, who's talking? Who's talking? And Mr. Neal went up and um, he was telling him how, you know, it was Corey's testimony. And the guy was like, this is his testimony? And Neal said, yeah. And he shared a story with him. And um, the guy said, I was sitting on the beach and I heard this testimony playing, so I had to come. I had to come up here. It drew me up here. So um, Corey's testimony being played while we were packing everything up touched another guy who said he was going through the same thing that was being played in the testimony. So he gave Neil his number, and um, he's he's got his contact information. And he said, "I would really love to, you know, like meet with you and you reach out to me and everything." And it was just amazing just to see that testimony that was recorded being played for the second time that day, touch another person's life. And, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, he's still, he's still using that testimony and he's still using him, even though he's no longer with us right now, but you know, God, he, he plans these things and he planned for that to happen. And then yesterday when we came here, that was, I told my husband, I was like, that was the best funeral I have ever been to. So Karen, the Lord loves you. He blessed you. Like that was the best. Pastor Tom, it was amazing. That was the best funeral I have ever been to. I said, if, when I go out, that's how I want it to be because it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And I've never been to a funeral where I've heard more than one or two people share. You know, usually they'll say, if anybody has a word, let's share. And it went on for another hour and a half. And it could have, like there was people who weren't able to share that had these wonderful, you know, testimonies and stories and just like memories. And that was just the most beautiful celebration of life ever that I've ever been to. So this church is just, it's, it's set on fire, you know, like the what just happened with our brother, it is setting this church on fire. Yeah. They had over almost 25, 30 people go pray to resurrect him. And um, it's just the faith, the faith in this house. Y'all watch out because it is growing and it is just going to keep excelling. And everybody in here should be a part of it because it's going to be beautiful. And not just Wilmington's going to hear about it. Not just Wilmington's going to hear about it. People are going to come from all over. Your families are going to notice because the fire is going to ignite in every single one of you in this room. So get ready. That's all I want to say is get ready and... Oh, keep going. And it's mighty funny that the tent's coming up. 24-7 worship, 10 events, 10 of meetings. Y'all look at your calendars, pray about it, ask God to make a way about it, because he can give you the whole week off if, if he wants you there. It will happen. You don't have to worry about the weather. doesn't matter what the weather is. We're calling for a storm. We're calling for chaos. We're calling for the Spirit of God to fall in Wilmington, and we are wanting to see people transformed around here. We don't want confessions. It's not about confessions. It's about tra transformations is, is what we're after. And real quick, because I know we got to go, I, I have a word for the body real quick. Real quick, we sung this morning how we love God, right? We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. I have seen it so many times. We have to be careful with our love because the world's love is not God's love. Our definition of love sometimes can get confused with God's love. So if you're anybody's in here and, and, and you say you love God, I'm going to tell you what God says about those who love him. 
John 14, he says, if ye love me, keep my commandments. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, it is he that loves me. That's it. It is he. That is how we know we love God, guys. I was that God. I love God. I love God, but I don't really listen to God. But I love God. That's not love. Love obeys. And then God gives you a spirit of power to help you obey. He doesn't expect you to do it on your own. Matter of fact, you can't. It's impossible to please God if you live in the flesh. You have to walk by the Spirit in order to please God. So just keep that as a reminder to you guys. If you say you love God, but you're having a problem keeping his commandments, there's a disconnect with your love. Understand that that's your love, but God wants you to love him with his love because his love is everlasting and eternal, and it lasts forever. So I just want to encourage the body. If anybody's struggling with that, John 14 will set you free, and the Holy Spirit will set you free. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much. Test. Test one, two, one, two. Good? All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Man, that's good. When uh, Curtis, who was uh, hearing the testimony and all, was he walked in, and when I went to baptize him, he said, I've, you know, I've, I've wandered away from God, and and I just, uh, I've been clean now, and I just want to be free. And, and I said, I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. I said, all right. So when he went under the water. So I just pray wherever Curtis is right now in the name of Jesus and all the Curtises. You know, something happens when you go outside the walls. So he's calling you outside the walls. So I just encourage you. Um, the message this morning is, is really one of peace, and we've heard that. And what Brent just shared about love and John 14 was exactly what my wife and I, when we do our journal time in the morning, our devotional time in the morning, that was the scripture. So it's, an, again, just more and more confirmation about where we are. In, so if you want to pull out your bulletin, I want to share with you this morning in our time that remains. I've titled this message, Tribulation or Peace, You Can Choose. And so, when you kind of unpack that a little bit, it's an interesting title, right? That, um, well, let me explain a little bit. It's really out of John 16, which is at the top of your handout there, the first uh, paragraph. Uh, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But Jesus said this, in me, you may have peace. It's conditional. You can choose to have it. And so... In the world, this tribulation, he said, but I want you to take heart because I've overcome this world. Amen. So let me pray this morning. Lord, we, we come before you. We, we know you've been here, and we're just honoring your name from our worship to every part of this. And Lord, I lift up all those that are maybe struggling to find peace this morning. I think of Afghanistan and what's going on there. Lord, we pray for all the persecuted and those that are under such We've got thousands and thousands of American citizens, those who have been loyal to us for these 20 years of war. Lord, we hear of the atrocities that are happening, Christians being beheaded, women being raped, forced into sex slavery under Sharia. God, we just pray right now that you would release your anointing and peace and provision and give our, give our loved ones there, our military, give them wisdom and revelation, keep them safe. And then our 
We thank you, Lord, that uh, you cover us in all storms. I pray for those that are in New England that are struggling today. We have got family on Long Island there that are setting up for this hurricane and all the mess that's there. Lord, we just pray for your protection, your peace in the midst of every storm. And Lord, for Haiti and all the mess that's going on there, earthquakes, and then followed up by, again, just ungodly weather that's just, Lord, we just pray for peace. The world's in a mess. So the message today is we're not of this world. So I ask for wisdom and revelation now, Holy Spirit, impart to us the peace that beyond our own understanding, in Jesus' name. So you can have tribulation or peace, you can choose. Here's where the choosing comes in. How much sorrow, trial, and tribulation is of our own making? You believe the lies, the sin choices. Uh, I get it that stuff happens. That's not within your control. But the more I look at some of these things, it's how much of it did I instigate? The ungodly thinking, the ungodly responses, selfishness, rebellion, reactions, bad choices, that brings a lot of trouble. And then often we blame God or we blame others. <laughs> we want to turn the mirror right here. And so... This tribulations of our making, but however we got there, <laughs> we've been talking about the blood and the name, the surrender that if, uh, in fact, the devotional this morning is, if you'll surrender completely to me, and I was just, I was thinking of Brenton and Corey when I read this thing, it's like, these guys are wild about Jesus, right? And so um, there's this place where if you'll completely surrender, and we just sometimes don't know how to do that, or we're afraid to do it. But he told us if you would do it. So I shared on Wednesday night in our Prepare for Rain. I really want to invite you to come. Uh, I, I shared, I know I've fed with a fire hose, but I grabbed as many prophetic messages of the end times. Because if you don't know what, what season you're living in, I'm telling you what, this season is going to close. And those who are not in the family of God, who don't know Jesus, you're going to be having a tremendous awakening you want to be, if, if you're a pre-trib person, you want to be on the first bus out of here. You don't want to wake up, man, maybe that pastor, maybe grandma was right, right? Because it's, uh, wow, and there's a whole lot of scriptures out that talks about this. Just go on Wednesday night, get caught up on what, what is going on right now. We're about ready to see some things. Um, the Ezekiel War is probably very, very close Nuclear war is probably very, very close. Uh, take a look at Ezekiel 36, 37, 38, 39. The rabbis are warning us. Christian rabbis are giving us warnings. And so wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't be afraid, but wake up. It's not about fear. It's about are you prepared? Jesus tells you Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, over and over again. Paul told J Timothy, First and Second Timothy, what the season would look like. So this is a time where we just got to, whew, okay, so we're going to pick up and we're going to look at vision and where the Lord's taken us. This tent is very prophetic, what's happening. So be part of it. Don't, the conference, the outpouring conference, if you stay home, you made a choice. Okay, and just, there you go. All right, um, here we go. Turn with me, let's get into scripture this morning. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, please. In Philippians chapter 3, and let's pick up in verse 12. 
I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, but I also have the King James. So I use the Thought for Thought King James from the 1600s, but I also use the, 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 word, the word for Word, which is the King James, and the Thought for Thought, which is the New Living Translation. I like both. Let's, uh, let's begin in verse 12. Philippians 3.12, Paul writes this to the church at Philippi. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all the things that I've already reached this perfection, but I'm pressing on. Did you hear that this morning? Press in, press in, right? Press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. This is Paul. But I focus on this one thing. Now, that's an interesting statement. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So Paul the murderer, Paul the persecutor of the church, he says, that's behind me, right? I'm now pressing on for what is ahead of me. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let those that are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree at some point, we've got our disagreements, right? I believe God will make it plain to you but we must hold on to the progress we've already made. Basically, don't slip back, right? Don't put your hand to the plow. Boy, yesterday we heard this thing over and over again at the memorial service. Don't you put your hand to the plow and then look back. If you do that, you get set up. Don't go back. The do- it says don't let the dog go back to its vomit. Don't return back to the mess you were once in or you will pay a horrible price. In fact, there's a really scary scripture in Hebrews about those who turn. Can, can they be redeemed again? Now, if you're still struggling and you're in and repenting, you're still in. But that thing can get, I've seen it, unfortunately happen. Don't, don't lose the prize. Keep Jesus there. Keep pressing in. Let's move on. It says, verse 17, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your life after mine and learn from those who follow that example. For I've told you often before, and I say it again, with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. That's a real sober statement right there. How's your conduct? How's your words? How's, the vo- how's your thinking? What's that look like? Don't come under condemnation, but look at what realm that's coming from. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are greatly waiting, eagerly waiting for his return as our Savior. He'll take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same power with which he brings everything under his control. Therefore, verse 1, chapter 4. Brothers and sisters... Stay true to the Lord. Boy, can I get an amen on that? Stay true to the Lord. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends, for my joy and my crown I receive from my work. Now, I appeal. Notice there's two women within the church that are having some issues with each other. And what does he say? Settle your disagreements. I want you to see there are 10 points in these next few verses that if we would do them, you'll find peace. In fact, it'll guard your heart and your mind. This is really important. You do, all you need to go and meditate on Philippians 4 from like two, you, the whole chapter is amazing, but even just 2 through 10 is incredible. It says, so he turns to these two women who had helped him. He says, would you please settle your disagreements in the church? 
got quiet in here. Uh, he said, they were my coworkers. And he turns to others. He says, look, would you help them settle their disagreements? In fact, Matthew 18 says, if you've got an issue with somebody, they've offended you, go to them privately, not gossip to the rest of the family. Go to them privately and deal with your issue. There's another one, Matthew 5. He says, if you, if you think someone has an issue with you, Leave your gift at the altar and go and be reconciled. So there's two boundaries of this one. Somebody's offended you, go privately. You think someone has an issue with you that you don't even know, go privately and then be reconciled. That's, that's always the kingdom plan, purpose. And so he says, settle this because I want all of those whose names are written in the book of life, verse 3. Now here's another point. Always be full of joy. Karen, you have modeled that for us. It doesn't say when everything's going right and circumstances are really good. No, always be full of joy. I got to tell you, help pray for me on that one. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate. Number two, not only full of joy, settle your issues. Number three is be considerate. How are you doing in your consideration of others? You got quiet again in here. Just, and I'm turning the mirror here. This is not, you know, somebody's holier than thou. Don't worry about anything. Oh, I looked that word up. It's like nada, nothing. Don't worry. Paul, what, the, what are you talking about, man? Don't worry about anything, but as soon as you start to, here's what you do. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He's already done and what happens. So here we are. Here's the points. Settle your disagreements. Always be full of joy. See that you're considerate. Don't worry. Pray. Tell God. Thank Him. And what's going to happen? You're going to have an experience. Verse 7. Then you will... Then. It's conditional. Then you will experience... God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. His peace, His peace, not the world's peace. His peace will guard your heart, man, and your mind. When people start getting depressed and suicidal, they've gotten too far down the pathway, and they can reverse this. We can come and help them and pray this through. Oftentimes, we get prayers. Just a couple, we, we had a, one call in this a couple weeks ago, suicidal in another state. Miss Addie and Robert Crawford took the call and prayed for them, and there was a demon involved, and God, help us. When we experience God's peace, and it exceeds anything that you can understand. And all of a sudden, there's a guard that goes over your brain, and it goes over your heart. He told us in Proverbs, right, guard your heart, because out of it, becomes the, it comes the issues of life. So what are we putting in our hearts? If you're watching movies that are filled with trash, my wife and I, we just look at, we went on, we, we went on Prime, and we're like, M-A, M-M-M-A, and I'm like, man, you can't watch that stuff. I'm sorry, you can't. You, you, man, you got to think about what you're doing. What are you putting in your heart right now? This world is, it is headed off a cliff, and there's been a progression. You who are alive as long as me, maybe some more, you've seen the progression of what's happened in social media. And what's happened in all of them, it is a scheme and a ta tactic by the enemy to destroy you. Be wise. Don't be, don't be given into the deceptions of the evil one. He says, we're not ignorant of his devices. 
So I wasn't going to share that. I just can't, but I, it's, it's, it's a word for somebody. I know it's a word for us. We got to guard. We have to really watch what we watch, what we're listening to, what we're entertaining in these brains. Why? Look at verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what? What is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Man, if you'll do that, what's going to happen? You keep putting that into practice and all that you've learned, everything that you've heard from me and saw, then the God of peace will be with you. Come on. This is a, this, if, you, if you want a formula, that's the closest thing to a formula. Forgive the people that have offended you. And if they don't want to have business with that's fine. Dust your feet off and leave it alone. But you did your part. Don't gossip about them. Don't hate them. Don't curse them. Just leave it. Go be reconciled and then find a place of joy. I want to read this to you. Um, these two things came out to the kingdom men last few weeks. I tagged them and I loved them. Listen to this. I just, this is some excerpts and training from Bill Johnson. Just listen to these. It's, yeah, I think it's just powerful truth wrapped in Scripture all around. It says, most people, peace is a time without war. So if you were to look at the definition, define for me what you think is peace. Well, it might be the grandkids went home. <laughs> just, just might be. <laughs> I'm not criticizing. I was just like, my wife has a gift that I haven't obtained yet. Okay? I love them. Hallelujah. Some of it might be um, a family member <laughs> went home. <laughs> anyway, peace is maybe without war. Maybe you say peace on earth, right? Goodwill to men. Peace might be getting chocolate. That's wild. Um, time without conflict. A time where there's no noise. You're just sitting in the field and there's birds are singing and it's like, ah, right? So you notice that that's always usually the absence of something. The world says if you ab there's an absence of war, there's an absence of noise, an absence of somebody that's... Um, but you notice with the kingdom, peace is the presence of someone. And his name's Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. I love that. It says... Jesus is that prince, and when the prevailing influence in your heart and your mind is the presence of Jesus, that's why we sang that song, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We have peace that conquers. The wonderful reality of this kind of peace is it's not defined or controlled by surroundings. That's really important. It's not controlled by your surroundings. Remember, Jesus was asleep in the boat when the disciples, and there were at least four fishermen, professional fishermen in the boat, and they think they're going to die, right? The water's coming over the, and Jesus is in the back of the boat. And like, don't you, this is an amazing statement to the, take to the Messiah of the world. Don't you care that we're perishing? Jesus wakes up. Peace be still. Who is this? Who is this? The waves and the winds still obey him. Man, that's a person. They're like, woohoo, God, Jesus. Jesus sleep in the storm and he released peace over his surroundings. Maybe you're the peacemaker in your family. When you come in, it's like, let's stop. 
Maybe you need to pray. Or maybe even extricate yourself from all that the stuff that's going on. The Lord will show you if you ask Him. Holy Spirit, help me to recognize that I'm carrying your peace today. And when I have misplaced it, keep me sensitive to my internal atmosphere. That's walking in the Spirit, right? Galatians 5. If you walk in the Spirit, you'll produce love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, mercy, self-control. If you walk after the flesh, it lists every kind of sin that you can imagine in there. Peace is an atmosphere of heaven, and that peace is with me constantly. But I can violate that peace through fear, anger, or other contradictions to his nature. It's no longer a felt reality. I'm not saying that the the Holy Spirit left me. That would be wrong. I'm just saying that the peace is no longer something that I'm drawing on that I can steward well because he will never leave me. Peace is in my account, but at that time it's not in my possession. I need to make a withdrawal. I protect my peace at all costs. And if I find that I'm without it, I need to go back and figure out where I left it. It's as simple as that. For example, maybe it's a phone call or it's a meeting and I exchanged peace for fear or offense. That's a bad deal. I traded something eternal for something that works its way into my life only to steal, kill, and destroy. Wrong thinking doesn't coexist with peace. Repentance, changing the way you think, restores our peace. That's a scripture out of 2 Corinthians 10.3, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of demonic strongholds, taking every thought captive, right? Every stronghold captive, everything that is, violates the word of truth, Christ. Pay attention. We've covered that a lot here. I'm going to read this one to you as well. I just feel like we read out of Philippians 4.7. It's important to pray bringing our needs and our fears and our challenges to God. He welcomes us in that state, but the prayers of authority are never prayed out of fear. You hear that? Fear-based prayers are prayers of servants, not sons and daughters. Again, he welcomes me in whatever condition I'm in. In his mercy, he ministers to us and he heals us. He's called us into a lifestyle that is much higher than that. I encourage people to pray, this is that Philippian scripture, pray until fear and anxiety are gone. For me, that process, Bill says, is always in worship and feeding my heart the promises of God. As we return to this place of faith, we then become useful in our co-labor in making decrees for prayer in any given situation. Giving thanks always helps us tune in to the Father. Never the lies, never unworthiness. Thankfulness flows effortlessly from the one who has experienced this internal victory. I'm so grateful for who you are, God. I will review your many kindnesses to my day, day to day and throughout. Set my mind, this is again that scripture, on the goodness, on what is right. It's interesting that if I protect my peace, his peace protects me. Isn't that good? That boy, it almost sounds like a, a misnomer. But if you'll protect his peace, that means guard it. There's a way, sometimes you've got to take authority over, shut it down, shut down the chaos, the confusion, walk away from the argument, shut it down. Perhaps it sounds like a contradiction, but it isn't. 
If I protect my heart from all the things that violate my trust in him, he will rise up to protect me from the unseen darts headed in my direction. His peace protects us where we lack understanding. It's beautiful to see that peace goes beyond comprehension. As real faith is always superior to natural reasoning. I like to put it this way. If I give up my right to understand, he will give me the peace that passes understanding. If your own rationale has become your king, you will miss out on my kingdom. Submit your right to understand into his hands. I long for you to receive this blessing and come to his lordship. What a powerful statement. I just love, love that. If you look at your handout, this Prince of Peace, I've listed there through one through seven some scriptures that you could look at, but Isaiah tells us that, right? Isaiah 9, 6, he's the Prince of Peace. In number two there, he says, I'm leaving you a gift of peace of mind and heart. That's John 14, 27, just before what we shared earlier. This peace is not what the world can give you, John 14. Remember, he was just about to tell the disciples, he's telling the disciples, I'm going to go away, and it's good that I go away. And then they, they go, where are you going? And they got all this confusion. He, he tells them these things, and then he tells us in John 16, I've told you these things before they happen so that you will have this peace. Don't be surprised. So that's why you've got to know the word. You've got to know what's coming on the earth because if you know what's coming, you're less likely to be deceived, and you'll also know, oh, you told us that. And if he tells you this over and over and over again, wake up, look, be at peace, see what's coming, get your eyes open, watch, wake up, wait. I mean, come on, I don't know how many times, Jesus, that's all red letter. He tells us that, number four, the world can't, number three, the world can't give you this peace, but don't be afraid. <laughs> don't let your heart, you can let your heart be troubled, John 14. You can let your heart be all, so, that's why we got to watch out for all these conspiracy theories and what ifs and this and that, and whew, just be still and know that I'm God. I'm not opposed to trying to, I try to understand what's going on and get insight from rabbis here and this one there, but don't let the world trouble you. Number five, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. There's Colossians, another church he wrote to. Number six, this peace will pass understanding. We read that in Philippians 4. Then verse seven, he says, Jesus, uh, number seven, he says, Jesus told them before the trials and sorrows that you could trust his gift of peace. I want you to look with me to John 17. This is such an amazing, really wonderful scripture. And we know that um, the Father hears Jesus' prayer, right? <laughs> I put that at the bottom of your handout. John 11, just before he raises Lazarus from the dead, he says, he says it loud enough so the people know that he's praying to his Father. He makes a statement, I know you always hear me, Father, but I'm going to pray it anyway. And he prays this. So we know that Jesus' prayer has been heard. This is about you and me. And it's an amazing promise of what he's going to do, what he's promised to do. It's both revelatory and it's, it's prophetic. So he finishes telling them all the stuff that's going to happen. And then he picks up and he prays to the Father. Verse 1, chapter 17, John 17, 1. After saying all these things... Jesus looked to heaven and said, Father, 
the hour has come. Glorify. Now, you know, there's at least seven times glorify, glory is listed here. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. Would everyone say everyone? everyone. That's everyone. everyone. He's been given authority over everyone. That's why when you use his name, the demons tremble. Man, we have been in those places and God has answered and the devils run and they're afraid because of the authority that has been in, given to us through his name. He gives eternal life to each one. Now, this is interesting. He gives eternal life to each one you gave, have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know him, to know him, to know him. That word, if you look it up, it's very, very, very intimate. Do you know him? Do you know him intimately, personally? There are those that have had struggles maybe with father issues that, man, I, I, didn't, I couldn't pray father. It was always God. And the Lord says, no, he's your father. He's your father. He's Abba. Galatians tell he's Abba. He's daddy. He's, you got to cultivate. You got to get to that focus. I love when they were singing, loves us, loves us. Did you hear the crescendo growing in the room and that revelation of the love of God? Go in that place. Get alone with him. Tell him you love him. Tell him if you have a love deficit. Show me your love, God. I need to know your love for me. I love what Uncle Frank said there. I want to hear him. How do you hear him? And then he, Matthew 28. What's that all about? And the setup, right? Oh, yeah, I just happened to be in. He didn't know we were doing a baptism. <laughs> Lord knew. I got to get Frank to the baptism. Ah, I, I, he's amazing. I just love it. Okay. Where am I? Jesus. For you have given him authority over everything. He gives eternal life to all that you've given, all those you've given him. And this is the way to know him. The only true God, Jesus Christ, the one who was sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work. You've got a work to do. We've shared that out of Ephesians. You've got a workmanship. Your things that were planned for you before the foundation of the earth. You, he's, Jesus says, I've finished the work that you've given me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world ever began. I have revealed you to the ones that you gave me from this world. Well, you ought to see yourself in that picture. If you know Jesus, you're his. If your name's written in the Lamb's book, and I pray there's any question about that, you need to come before you leave here today. Do not leave if you don't know. If you were to die this moment, if you don't know where you're going, you need to come and be prayed for. It was so amazing yesterday. I'll digress another minute. At the end of the celebration, this 12-year-old boy came up. His name's Jesse. And he's standing here with my mom and my daughter, Sarah, and my wife, Widges. And he goes, so uh, how do I find the kingdom? He's 12 years old. How do I find the... Well, I wish some adults would ask that question. <laughs> I'm saying, what's your name, son? So my name's Jesse. Real quiet, calm. He goes, said, she'd like to find the kingdom. So we prayed. My wife says, my daughter says, more. Mom says, more. And Jesse received the Lord, 
I said, Jesse, um, do you have a Bible? I don't have a Bible. I said, I'm getting you one. What's we signed it over to Mark John 3.16 and I put Corey's bulletin right there. I said, tonight, you go read this, Jesse. So I pray right now for all the Jessies that are coming. When that generation that's alive right now, when they start coming, in, I'm getting electrified right now. When that generation wants to come and find the kingdom, God, let there be people available to show them the kingdom. He was so, he says, you know, Corey came to my house. I was impacted by him. He had something. That little boy knew it. God, I pray right now for all the Curtises and all the Jesses, Lord, from every generation, any brokenness, they come in. Lord, help us to be awake and ready in Jesus' name. So he says, I have revealed numbers. I've revealed you to them that you gave me. They were always yours. What an interesting, I mean, he, is, he doesn't want anybody to perish. That's another choice you have. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Wow. There were some of the things they did that, well, he was working with them. Now they know everything that I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, and they know that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. Now this is where it shifts. We get, we get all, my prayer is not for the world, but for those that you've given me. Because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you. And you've given them to me. So they bring me glory. And now I'm departing from this world. They're staying in this world. But I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you've given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name. See, that's why that name... So they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name that you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one that's headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I've given them your word. And the world hates them because they don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. Now, I'm asking you not to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They don't belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I'm not praying only for these disciples, but I'm also praying for all who will ever believe in me because of their message, through their message. That's you and me. Aren't you glad he didn't come back 100 years ago? He knows the exact number of Gentiles that had come in. Romans 11. I pray that they will be one as we are one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I in them and you are in me. 
may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that, the, that you love them as much as you love me. Do you get it? You're loved as much as Jesus? That's, wow. Father, I want those whom you have given me to be with me where I am, that they can see all the glory that you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. These disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. That prayer is both being fulfilled, has already been fulfilled. It is that experience. If you've not experienced the love of God, it's available. Just go and tell Jesus. (laughs) Tell the Father, you said in John 17, you love me as much as you love Jesus. Could you reveal that to me? Because what will happen is, if you're a worker, servant mindset, maybe fear of man, works righteousness, Lovers do so much more than servants. Just this mom and dad, what a beautiful babe. And just think, when she's up all night, and I'm not prophesying this, and so, but I know based on my experience, that though it can be nights like that, right? It's that place where love motivates us in such a way. Jesus was motivated to die for you and me because love... No greater love than this, that one would lay down his life for his friends. Why? How could we not lay down our lives for him? How could we not? So, Lord, let's stand, and I want to invite the ministry team, if you'll come forward. The rest of the outline is all John 17, just reiterated. And... I want the ministry team, you know who you are, if you've been released, just come. First, if you're here this morning, or if you're on live stream, you can do this. If you're not really sure what the end of your life looks like, the destiny plan that God has, you don't know where you're going, please, please, don't don't leave here. I've, I've made this plea before, and I've had people leave the service and die. Heart attack, unexplained, this. So you just never know. This, this is the day of salvation. Don't, don't miss this opportunity. Maybe you've been in the Lord and, and you've wandered off. What a great time to say, look, I, this is not a time to be playing. You give the devil an inch, he will take much more than that. He will take much more than that. And so... I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that anyone listening by live stream, they could pull over, they can get on their knees, they can listen if it's later in the week, that there would be this revelation of the kingdom. Just like little Jesse, I want to know the kingdom. I want to know the king of the kingdom. So, Lord, I pray for those that are in any form of battleground, struggles right now with loved ones or family or addictions or brokenness or stress or... Or maybe their hearts are troubled because of prodigals that have wandered off. And Lord, you told us how to pray in Philippians. So we're not going to pray in fear. We're not going to mouth fear. We're going to take authority over fear.
Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, power and love and a sound mind. And we're going to be full of joy. And we're going to place ourselves with thoughts that are higher than the worldly thoughts. We're going to be a different people. We're going to be a bride that's making herself ready. Lord, as we pray now for what's coming, I pray for this weekend that Abner Suarez and Daniel Newton, the worship teams, Lord, we just pray that there would be divine appointments, that those that are coming, there's people coming in from other parts of the state, some are flying in from other parts of the state, maybe nations that are going to come. Lord, I pray that there truly would be more than just a name, outpouring conference. There would be such an outpouring of your spirit that it cannot be contained. We will see salvations, we'll see healings, we'll see deliverances. We'll see people fall in love because if they don't see the love in us, then all it is is just a sermon. So God, I pray that you'll, you'll motivate your people through House of Mercy, through outreaches, through going to the prisons, through going every... Lord, I just pray that there will be the boots on the ground that carry the love of God and they people know it. They'll know that they're loved. So God, change the inward men and women here to be true disciples. Lord, I pray for the Wednesday preparations and the Sunday morning preparations Neil and I are doing as we prepare for rain. We were told, you be prepared. It's going to rain. And boy, it's been raining, but it prepare for rain in the spirit realm. <laughs> Lord, I, I don't know if we need any more in the natural realm, but we, whatever you're doing, Lord, I just say, come Holy Spirit and do what only you can do. And I pray for the tent and the, that everything that happens there, you would do it for just one. You would do it for just one. And so I thank you, Lord, but we want to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives changed. And so I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in North Carolina. Thank you for sparing us from storms. Put them all out to see somewhere else, Lord. Shut them down. And I thank you now for all those that are here this morning that the Holy Spirit would be relevant, real, active. Just like Frank who cried out, I don't hear God, I want to hear God. Lord, I'm asking for your ability to speak and that your people will tune their ears to hear, even if it's the small voice. God, I pray that their hearts would become alive in Jesus. They would fall so much in love with Jesus. Lord, I thank you now for your blessing upon us, Lord. It's been good to be with you today and to hear all the testimonies of your goodness. And I bless what you're doing now in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week. Don't forget, men's group, women's group, Kingdom Men and Women tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Wednesday night, 6.30, Friday night, 6.30, Saturday morning. Man, woo, what a week. Praise the Lord.